Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Wednesday, March 23rd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that was kind of hoping we'd get a road win, but alas, that was not meant to be. Denied. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to talk about last night's game against the Detroit Red Wings. And then it's Phantoms Tuesday, and we've got a lot to talk about with the prospects there. Lockdown Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. So not much news prior to the game. Mike Yo did say that Scott Lawton was taking the next step in terms of getting cleared to see a doctor. Nate Thompson is doing the same thing uh, out in Denver. So the hope is to get one or both of them back by the end of this uh, five-game road trip. I would say the most entertaining part of this game, Russ, for me, was like no lines, just chaos, right? Oh, yeah. Because they had 11 forwards and 7D, and they did a bunch of rotation. Joel Farabee centered for a while. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of an anything-goes game because, again, they really only had – two and a half centers, I would say, if, if Frost is a half of a center right now. <laughs> so um, it made for an interesting combination of personnel out there, which honestly, I think made at least part of it fun for me because I always just wondered who was going to come off the bench next, right? Okay. I mean, I didn't play that mental game myself. Uh, I was just kind of like disgusted with the first period that their energy didn't match the Red Wings energy, even remotely, like to start a game well, on the road. And, and that was just like, I was like, really, this is how, how this game is going to start. I was um, a little taken back by that. Now things would change after that, but I was just like, wow. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, the difference between this game and the previous game is that The previous game, I think they were very loose and it worked to their benefit. Mm -hmm. And in this case, they were playing almost too loose, especially at the beginning of the game, because I think they were focused too much offensively and it was at the expense of any defensive structure whatsoever. And that became abundantly clear with how the first two Red Wings goals went down. Yeah, I think that's accurate. But on the other hand, you know, aside from that first period, because I do think they improved in the second and third period, I think the defense looked better offensively overall. They were jumping into the play more. And and that kind of feeds into focusing more offensively versus defensively in the game overall. But I thought even like Provy looked a lot better and was jumping into plays appropriately. He did. Uh, But again, the coverage net front at the other end in front of Carter Hart suffered. But is that the worst thing ever? Maybe not. I mean, you know, again, Lucas Raymond 
you know, loves playing against the Flyers because they kind of leave him alone. Of they, course. They, I mean, it's like he's got the best shot on the team, and they left him alone. Um, you're right about Provorov. He did play better. Uh, we saw better games out of Konechny. Hayes is, is looking healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Farabee had some moments. But the um, the power play. So on the power play, like, I'm not sure Keith Yandel could be, like, any slower. He is like a slow-moving glacier out there. He was barely getting nice time this game to begin with, except on the power play. And he just didn't even look motivated at times. And they couldn't even push the puck up the ice at times. But then when York's in there, they're getting good puck movement. But like I said, he is not wanting to shoot yet. And you don't want him to turn into Provorov on the power play, who really almost never was going to shoot at times this year. Because then you're now forcing guys like Hayes or somebody else to sort of set up and make a play. And so I want to see that improve. Will it improve? I don't know, because I don't trust Mike Yo. If we, again, how do you go take a timeout, pull the goalie with three minutes to go, and your team can't even set up in the offensive zone for a second? What does that say? Is that, do I blame the players? Do I blame the coach for... The player's not caring about what he says, or is he not getting through to him, or is he just confusing on the bench? It's something, because I I just couldn't believe what I was seeing, how easy it was for Detroit to get their first empty net goal. Well, I think part of the problem was that the goalie came to the bench before the Flyers had clear possession in the zone. Mm -hmm. I think with the Flyers, you can't even do it while you're in transition in the neutral zone because especially in this game the Flyers turned over the puck a lot in the yeah. neutral zone and so they really needed to wait into that till they were established clearly in the offensive zone set up before I think you could add the extra attacker I think there is a fine line when you're taking you know that extra risk mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of pulling the goalie early but you can't be too risky Knowing what your personnel can and cannot do. It was reckless, actually. It was reckless. It It was. was. I I really think it was. And that, you know, I I respect the early goalie pull, but you got to do it right. Yeah, you do. And and, and that was bad. And you knew they weren't coming out of it after that. But it was just kind of shocking how that went down after they at least got it to a goal. And you're saying, all right, look, you got a goal out of JVR tonight. Maybe there's a chance. Well, exactly. Um, they came back twice. Yeah. So I think they could have gone five on five a little bit longer because yeah, they, they were pushing at that point. So why not give them the opportunity for another minute? They should have. I mean, again, I just think Mike Yo down the stretch here is trying to reinvent the wheel. I, I don't know what he's trying to do, but it's just not working. It's not. And again... I, I have to start seeing some of these call-ups or I'm just going to question what are they actually doing. I said this before we started recording. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt for this one game because, you know, it in terms of post-trade deadline, trying to get things sorted with who's on what roster, you know, I'll, I'll give them this one game for that. But by Thursday, they should have the personnel set and the the right positional personnel set so that they are not running 11 forwards in 70 because that that was a mess like i said it was a fun mess and i'll take it for mm-hmm. one game but i mm-hmm. don't want it for the rest of the season no i mean you you certainly don't and 
Um, you know, Ristolainen had a horrible first period, but he 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 reeled it back into a degree, and and I felt mm-hmm. like Sandheim started recovering at some point during the game. But you know the the problem here is are are the Flyers just going to go with like an awful third pairing for the rest of the season rather than at least trying to bring up Zamula and put him with somebody, even if it's like Connaughton, somebody else. But, you know, again, there's that you can't touch Heath, can't Keith Yandel rule, and that really is going to, to hurt them in the long run. It, it's actually becoming worse every game, I think. I think so, too, in terms of the goals that the team will have for the remainder of the season. And I, I just I don't want to saddle any of the kids with him as a partner. And I don't want him out there on the power play. So, you know, it it does become a problem. Well, we are going to talk about those kids in Lehigh Valley and, you know, what they've been up to and who we would like to see. Hint, Tanner Lozinski. But uh, we will get to that coming up next. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in about 30 minutes or less. Plus, they've got quick and easy meals, including 20-minute recipes, low prep, and easy cleanup options, and provide an even faster route to putting food on the table. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including veggie, fit and wholesome, family-friendly, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety. I love using HelloFresh because you always get something that tastes incredible and is just the right amount for two people, or I got a meal for myself and leftovers for the next day. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use the code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and the code LockedOn16. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Russ. So the biggest news, I guess, in Phantoms land right now is Hayden Hodgson getting his NHL contract. And he had been on an AHL contract only for this season. And so this gives him a two-way deal and the Flyers the ability to call him up in a pinch. And Now, I think this is a really good thing for Hayden and for the Flyers. It's a a one-year deal for this year, so it's only for the remainder of this season for now. And he is currently the third uh, points total leader on the team with 18 goals and 11 assists in 44 games. So it's a pretty good record. He's played pretty well, and I think to have him in the back pocket for the remainder of the season, if they need an emergency call up for the Flyers, I think this is a a spot on deal. Yeah. I mean, if they're doing it to, to give him a bump in pay, that's fine. I'm, I, I happen to think that they're doing it to see what he looks like with the Flyers in hopes that they could sign him cheap for next year. And if that's the case, then I, I do kind of question it, but right now on the face value, 
I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, every NHL team has some guys on two-way deals that almost never see NHL time, but you need them there for Mm -hmm. the possibility. And if they want him to be one of those guys, I have no issue with that. So the other big news, of course, was we saw the departure of Connor Bunneman and German Rubsoff. Uh, Bunneman did play in the Friday game, but was scratched last minute on Saturday. <laughs> we all knew why. But yep. uh, it was uh, quite a weekend for the two of them. But Connor, especially, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, there's still some guys on the team with injuries. Jackson Cates is still out, which is just such a bummer. For him, you know, to have that injury after having a, a pretty decent season with the Phantoms and a little bit of Flyers time. Sam Erson is, of course, out. And we talked about that a little bit on our trade deadline show uh, related to why they did not tra- uh, trade Martin Jones at the deadline. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Felix Sandstrom is playing really well. So I'm glad to be able to talk about that in this week's Phantoms report. And we did also find out that Max Wilman and Cam York were sent down on paper to allow them to be able to play in the AHL playoffs. Should that happen for the Phantoms? I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I think that's a pipe dream. It is, although most teams in the AHL actually make the playoffs. So it's like really weird if you don't. And I think the the Phantoms are going to be one of those teams. And it's... uh, it, it's so disappointing, but this team has been a roller coaster, honestly, more than the Flyers in some ways. Because just, you know, when they think that you're completely out of it, you have a back to back against the Springfield Thunderbirds, who are at the top of the Atlantic Division in, in the AHL. The Phantoms are the bottom team in the division, and yet the Phantoms won both games back to back. That's won- impressive. Yeah, it was very impressive. So on Friday, they won 3-1. to one. On Saturday, it was a little bit crazier of a game. Uh, the final score was 7-4. to four. And, you know, again, pretty impressive back-to-back wins against one of the top teams in the AHL. Yeah, this is, you know, what they need to do to kind of, you know, rescue this season and let those players feel good going towards the uh, end of the season, going into the into the summer. So, you know, the more games like this, the better. I mean, you want these guys to develop and you want them to feel good about things. This is a, a step in that direction. It definitely is. And like I said, they are in last place. They're four points behind Bridgeport uh, for seventh place in the division and, you know, still a little ways out of the playoffs. It's not impossible, but again, like we said, very unlikely. Nothing is impossible to... in life, yeah. Rachel. Nothing. That's true. Well, some things are when math <laughs> gets in your way. True. But, um I I do think that this team is starting to have a little bit more fun out there. And there's some really dynamic combinations of players that have started to really stand out. I would say uh, we talked about it in the last couple of weeks, but the line that's Matt Strom centering Isaac Radcliffe and Hayden Hodgson, who, you know, we just talked about Hodgson. Radcliffe has gotten time with the Flyers. Uh, They're a really strong combination and complement each other well. And I enjoyed watching them in both games this weekend. And I would say the same for for the duo of Cal O'Reilly and Wade Allison. Now, I know it's not going to be long-lived because I assume Wade Allison is going to get a call-up to the Flyers. But still, they play really well together. And every time they're out there, like something could happen. Yeah, that is a good combo because... They're both sort of greasy guys that that can play physical and 
So I could see that being a match. And yeah, at some point, Allison will get another shot this year and hopefully he can play more than a few games in a row. It's been really bad. Looking at the highlights from the weekend, and again, very much highlights because they won both games, which is always more fun to talk about. It was Connor Bonnerman's last game as a phantom. And I think this was a good last game for him because it was very typical phantoms because they were 0 for 4 on the power play, but they were perfect on the PK. So there were 10 power plays in this game between the two teams and nobody converted. Which is weird, but I have to say... Uh, and I have been talking to other people about this. The fact that the Phantoms power play is this bad is is really hard to figure out. And, and it's and it's not great. The PK, hey, great. Good for you. You've got a good PK. But uh, the, the power play being this bad is worrisome. I would say the power play is better than it has been overall. This game, it wasn't good. But okay. we'll talk about in Saturday's game where it was a lot better. And mm-hmm. they've been trending in the right direction. I just think this was one particular down game for them in the overall recent trend. But okay. as a general rule, it's been pretty terrible all year. So definitely agree with you there. But I think that this game was actually really interesting to me just from watching them at the end of the game because there was an extended period of time at the end where Springfield had an extra attacker. There was a six on four and then a six on five and the Phantoms were stuck out there for, you know, having two minute shifts still managed to close it out. And that's not something that either the Flyers or Phantoms have been good at this season, but I, I really thought they managed to control the chaos pretty well there. No, and that's good. I mean, that's, that's what you want to do. Uh, I, I like that Zamula is engaged. I don't feel like he's going to get much of a look this year in Philly because of uh, Keith Yandel, which kind of stinks. And Sandine, you know, I feel bad for him. He, he, he deserves a call-up and, and for a while. And he's not going to get it. And especially now with Hodgson getting that contract, they, I just don't think they care about him, honestly. They did have a really good game. Sandine and Strom had a really good play that was a nice two-on-one together mm-hmm. and Zamula picked up the puck that was off a block shot from that two-on-one and just potted mm-hmm. it to, to make it 2-1 Phantoms in that game it was a nice sequence overall and you know Sandine is a little bit more of an inconsistent player than some of the other guys so I understand it to some degree but uh, I think that he's just in a weird spot And I I certainly hope that if it doesn't work out with the Phantoms, that he gets a contract somewhere else and gets an opportunity. Yeah, me too. Also in that game, uh, Tanner Lezinski had a really perfect redirect in front from an Adam Clendenning shot. And that's what made it three to one, which was the final score of that game. So it was good to see Tanner get on the board and uh, really make himself a presence net front which I think will help him, not if, but when he gets called up to the Flyers for a part of this season. And his positioning, I think, has been really good over the past several games, even if he wasn't on the board for all of them. No question, but I do have a a question for you. So if Lisinski continues, continues to play well and Nate Thompson comes off the injury list, who would you rather see in center? Because it seems like right now Mike Yo would rather see uh, Nate Thompson. I think this is a situation where what they would probably do, or I don't know if they would probably do it. This is what I would do, is that I would sit Wellman mm-hmm. and you could move 
Patrick Brown over to the wing. Mm-hmm. And that creates room for both of them. That's a great idea. I, would they do that? I don't know. I don't know either. But that, that's, I think, in that circumstance, if you have both of them available, that's, I think, the right move to make. And remember that uh, Lawton is still out. So, you know, if, if Lawton is back in, then you're still stuck in that situation. But there might be room for everybody if you rejigger it a little bit. Okay. On Saturday, man, James Neal is one of the most annoying human beings. Um, Always has been. Yes, but just to have him on one of the top teams in the AHL, he was causing trouble both games, really. But on Saturday, specifically, uh, he had two goals in that game for Springfield. Um, There was a weak call on Matt Strom, which led to a power play that Neal scored on. And he also scored late when Springfield was trying to make a comeback. Um, this is where I think Felix Sandstrom shone between the two games. Springfield was significantly up on, on shots to the Phantoms in this one, and he just held his own, uh, despite the fact that uh, the score doesn't really reflect that because of the way the game played out at the very end. But um, he did play really well in both games overall. And in this one, the Phantoms were two for five on the power play. Yeah, I think Sandstrom's uh, really coming into his own now. I expect him to be the backup next year. So this is this is all good for him. Like this is he he's he's showing this all at the right time for him to get um an NHL job next year. I think so too. Honestly, I think that if he can carry this through for the remainder of the season and have a good camp, he'll be in a really good position for that. I mentioned the Cal O'Reilly-Wade Allison combo earlier. They had four goals and three assists combined in this game. So it was a lot of fun. A lot it's of a fun lot. to watch this yep. one. Yeah. So we're going to talk more about Wade Allison and some of the other guys coming up next. But first, we're going to talk about Built Bar. We've been talking about Built Bar for a long time on the show, and now you know how much we love them. But Built has more than protein bars. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavor, flavors, yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. All built Bars, including those Puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart, you'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. They have so many delicious flavors like mint brownie, raspberry, and cherry barcia. New for this month, caramel almond delight. New flavors are coming out all the time. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So talking more about Wade Allison, again, he had a, a really tremendous game on Saturday. Those four points he got was a career high for him. He also had an assist 
in Friday's game. And it was especially impressed with the first goal he had on Saturday. He followed up his own shot and got the rebound and put it in. And I think that it was just a really smart heads up play because he had plenty mm-hmm. of space around him so he could do that. And the fact that he recognized that and did the follow up, I think was a really good thing to see. So the interesting thing about him is while he's playing well and he's healthy, you know, he's an RFA. Are you going to give him one year, two years based on his injury history? Like this, this could make a difference. I mean, the cap's going to be tight. What do you do with Wade Allison? It is a really interesting question. I think that the rest of the season is going to have a huge part in what the Flyers decide to do. Like if he can stay healthy, For the remainder of the season, I think that'll bode well for him. But if he gets hurt again, I don't know. I certainly think he is going to get that call up, like I said, because, you know, he has eight points in three games. Yeah, he'll get a call up again. That's the kind of dominant performance that you want to see in the AHL to signal for any of your prospects that you're you want to get an NHL look. Now I understand with Wade Allison it's a different kind of scenario in the sense that, you know, he has spent time in the NHL and in theory he should have been there all this time, but for injuries, but at the same time, if you're down in the AHL for conditioning purposes or just because it's your place to be then, if you perform like this, that is what's going to get you a call up. And not a ton of guys on the Phantoms have done that. No, it's true. That's very true. So speaking of other guys that might get the call up, well, we talked about Tanner Lazinski. He had a goal on Friday, goal on Saturday. And I thought on Saturday especially, he looked uh, better and he had some great chances that didn't go before he got that goal in the second period and it was a crazy backhand from sort of behind the net I honestly do not know how it went in but it did so we are grateful for it and that was some four-on-four play at that time too which I think really benefits his style of play yeah there's no question uh you could see now healthy where he is sort of like a cut above um what they have in the AHL and that that does bode well for him his potential call up and and for next year like you know you get a healthy Tanner Lusinski next year that's a that's an asset for you between Wade and Tanner I think I've just been thinking more about what if with the Phantoms and you know just with all the guys they've been missing all season long with various injuries I mean I know that happens to everybody but I think with these two in particular I think hopes were especially high and we thought that you know in a regular sort of season for him he would have gotten that call up mid-season and who knows how he could have contributed on the Flyers as well I'm hoping that again you know these last 20-ish games that are playing out for the Flyers and the and the Phantoms that both of them have an opportunity to really show what they can do. Definitely want to talk about Igor Zamula because I think he's definitely getting on the right track. I think he was kind of struggling a little bit. Maybe struggling is the wrong word, but he didn't have his footing, I think, in terms of the pace of play and just making sure he was doing all the right little things. And I think the little things are starting to look better now, especially away from the puck that he just wasn't doing earlier this season. And I think that's leading to things like the goal on Friday. He was first star of that game. He had three assists on Saturday. And I think that 
puck support and the offensive support that he's showing right now is really getting him in the right direction. Yeah, I feel bad for him, though, because, like, Keith Yandel, Kevin Connaughton, Nick Sealer, they're all blocking his way. Like, they're all still there, and they're all still playing. And so, like, how is Zamula supposed to, like, get any time with the Flyers to show him what he can do? For a lot of it, I don't think he was there, but, you know... No, 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 but but he's getting there now, right? But there's some chicken and egg going on as well. It's like he can't get the opportunity because of the players in his way, but the players are in his way because he wasn't exactly performing. I have mixed feelings about what has transpired so far in the season as far as him getting a call up. But I think now we're in a position where maybe he should be. And hopefully with the way the Flyers roster is right now, they'll have the cap space to be able to have guys healthy scratched, which we have not done all season long. And that'll allow some of the these players like Samoa, like Lazinski to get in the Flyers lineup. All right. Well, there's a big road trip up ahead this weekend with some challenging opponents. Uh, Tonight, they're at Hershey. And then Friday, they're at Laval. And Saturday, they're at Belleville. So it's going to be a tough road trip for the Phantoms. But again, a lot of great opportunities for these guys. I'm assuming Felix Sandstrom will play two of those games. And then Pat Nagel, who's called back up, will will play the middle game. And hopefully they can get some wins and have some fun. And uh, and then maybe get some call-ups next week. That's the hope. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Man, Connor Bonneman. I know it just seems like talking about him a lot, but he's been such a trooper for the Flyers organization. And he has the goofiest toothless smile that I have ever seen. And Tony Androkaitis, who covers the Phantoms, sent me some video that he took of Connor um, doing an interview on his way out that's very, very cute. And so that is our Flyers fun thing for today. Yeah, it is cute. Um, he's Look, he's really well-liked. Bunneman is a great guy. He He's one of those good locker room guys. He never complains. He does what the coach wants. There's a reason we keep talking about him is because he's just like one of those guys. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. We'll have the latest Flyers news and preview of the game against St. Louis. And we're going to talk about the Frozen Four tournament. There's a whole bunch of Flyers prospects playing in college hockey's championship. And excited to talk about that. We'll have a prospect profile. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send us in your questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.